Today, we are going to provide an update on COVID-19 in our community and announce some breaking news about the availability of masks and test kits. Now, first, I want to take to a moment to express um, uh, deepest condolences uh, from our community to the entire firefighter community community on the tragic loss of three Baltimore City firefighters on Monday. Lieutenant Paul Butram, Firefighter Parametric Kelsey Sadler, and EMT Firefighter Kenny Lacayo died battling a blaze in a row house when the building collapsed. A fourth firefighter, John McMaster, remains hospitalized with serious injuries. We often take for granted the bravery demonstrated every day by our firefighters. These are our men and women who answer the call to service. They run into dangerous situations when the rest of us would run the other direction. And they are truly um, dedicated public service and heroes in our community. Last summer, Frederick County lost our, one of our own battalion chief, Joshua Laird, in a line of duty death. The Baltimore City Fire Department stepped in to support our Division of Fire and Rescue Services. And, you know, I get emotional about this, but we're really grateful for the assistance that they provided us and the assistance of firefighters across the region. On the day of his funeral, all, all of our fire stations were completely staffed from people from outside this county. All of them. They ran all of our cars. They managed all the logistics of the day. And so this is the kind of support that we are going to provide back to the city of Baltimore. So as soon as Fire Chief Tom Coe and his command staff learned of Baltimore City's immense loss, they stepped up without hesitation to offer aid to their uh, fire service brothers and sisters. So I do ask everyone in our community to keep their friends and their families uh, of these fallen heroes and these trusted public servants in your thoughts and your prayers. <clears throat> so now I want to move on to the status of COVID in our community. And we do not have a Board of Health meeting today, so I thought it was important that we provide an update to the community because we still are in the midst of a pandemic. And while certainly we're happy to see our numbers and our metrics of cases and so forth improving, I think it's really important to note that transmission is still high and that our metrics and our case numbers are still higher than they were at the peak of our last big surge, which was last winter. And you can look at the numbers and you can see on this chart uh, what that reflects. Two weeks ago, the number of new cases being diagnosed hit an all-time high with an astonishing 868 new cases reported in Frederick County on a single day. That was, I never thought I would see a number like that. Now, and again, that's reflected on this chart. Now, since January 12th, the number of new cases has declined and lessened but the virus continues to spread faster than it did last winter. In the past 24 hours, there were 156 new cases reported. As of this morning, our positivity rate was 18.45%, which is still a very high rate, but again, improved. And this is higher than the statewide average of 11.59%. Frederick County on this graph is the black line and the state is the green line. So you can say, see that the state overall is uh, trending a bit better than the county. So if you look at that downward trend, again, that's positive. It was a pretty quick rise, and now we're seeing a pretty quick decline. But look where we are. We're still at a higher level with this metric than we were during the peak of last winter. So the only time we've done worse than this was at the very beginning of the pandemic. So we're only about halfway down the curve. We're not all the way down the curve. 
Frederick County's seven-day average of new cases currently stands at 65.89 uh, cases for every 100,000 people over, again, a seven-day average. The state average, again, is somewhat better than us at 57.82. So again, you see a sharp rise, you see a sharp decline. We're happy to see that sharp decline. We hope it continues, and we hope in a few weeks we're back down to where we were, say, in November. So um, now I will remind everybody that the Board of Health passed a regulation for uh, mask uh, requirements to be masks to be worn, and that remains in effect until the county's case rate per 100,000 drops below 20. Now, I've had a few people uh, who are confused by that. They thought that was the positivity rate. It's the case rate per 100,000. And I've had a few people tell me that, well, that's unrealistic. We've never been there. Well, the last time we were there was at the end of November, right around Thanksgiving, November 21st. And for the months before that, we were below that level for many months. So um, it is a realistic goal. And um, if we continue to see improvements, it's a goal we'll actually achieve uh, in the, hopefully, in upcoming weeks. So again, I want to stress that we're still in high transmission. We're still in a worse place than we were last winter. We are improving. That gives us great hope and optimism, but it's important that we continue to do our part for a few more weeks. Now, one of the big concerns during this most recent surge of cases has been the stress that it has created to our healthcare system, something we talked about really a lot early on in the pandemic and a little bit less so now. The county's only hospital, Frederick Health Hospital, has been operating under their crisis standard of care model since January 3rd. And they continue to operate under that crisis standard of care. Now, as of this morning, there were 83 COVID patients admitted to the hospital. Out of the hospital's 309 patients in total, now their capacity, their number of beds uh, is just under 300. I don't know if it's 297 or 298, but something like that. So what does that mean when you see a number higher than 309? It means that there are people being taken care of in the emergency department waiting for a bed. That's the only thing that means. So the hospital remains under incredible stress. This is, is and this again, this number of 83 COVID patients admitted to the hospital is higher than our peak from last winter when the hospitalizations peaked at 72, okay? So we're still... Uh, in a very significant stress at the hospital. Now, today we report 10 people in the ICU unit, and the ICU number is lower than it has been in recent weeks. But I want to caution that is a mixed, mixed message there because often the decrease in the number of ICU patients signals some uh, other bad news. Not everyone returns home from being in the ICU. So sadly, over the past week, a few weeks, We've seen a record number of our neighbors die from COVID. We've seen record death. These are friends and family members, people we know and love in our community. And the virus has also proven to be deadly for people of all ages. The youngest county resident to die from COVID was in their 20s. Last week, 26 deaths were reported in Frederick County, more than any other week over the past two years. January has been an especially bad month. Now, as of today, 55 county residents have died this month, and that is tied for the worst record uh, month of, of deaths, which was set, again, early on in the pandemic in April of 2020, and the month isn't over yet, so we have a few more days. That statistic could actually 
get worse. So again, I share all of this because it's factual information. It's the truth. It's what we make decisions on. So we need to continue to wear our masks to try to protect the hospital and the people who work there. So statewide, Maryland has already recorded more deaths in January than in any other month during the pandemic, and literally twice as many as the month before. So as you can imagine, the highly contagious Omicron variant has put hospital staff under enormous pressure. The people who are dying are predominantly now dying in hospitals. A year ago, that was not necessarily the case because there were a lot of deaths associated with nursing homes. So these healthcare workers, and I talk about firefighters, but these healthcare workers are also trusted community servants. They are, and they are also our community's heroes. They are working long hours, they're understaffed like they weren't a year ago, and they are exhausted and weary. These men and women have played an enormous physical and emotional toll, and most of us simply don't see it because we aren't there. And unfortunately, many people don't even consider it. So as a community, it is in our collective power to slow the onslaught they are facing at the hospital. And we can show them our gratitude by doing our best to keep ourselves healthy. And what do we do? We get vaccinated, we get boosted, we wear that mask around people we don't live with. And if you have symptoms, you get tested. And if you are positive, you do the, the isolation that is re recommended. Now, I know that uh, testing has been in high demand. We had long lines at our test sites, both at the health department and the hospital around the Christmas holiday and into the first of the year. Both the, the uh, hospital drive-through site and the health department site uh, um, out on the Golden Mile, you know, expanded their capacity as quickly as possible. It's quite dramatic expansion in a short period of time. And we no longer have those lines there. And so there's testing available. Uh, by the hospital and health department seven days a week, every day. Now, rapid at-home tests, um, however, can remain difficult to find, even though I will tell you I bought a few yesterday at a local pharmacy, so they're kind of coming back. Frederick County government has been actively working to buy test kits, as well as masks, which we have already distributed some masks uh, to healthcare providers, essential workers in county government and municipal governments, and uh, we're looking for to support our businesses and all of our residents. To date, uh, the health department has received, I believe, about 15,000 test kits. Um, but that is for a population of about 270,000. So the health department uh, distributed many of these kits in partnership with the amazing staff at Frederick County Public Libraries and at some test sites. And they pretty much, I will say they disappeared fast. I will say I drove into work one morning and there was a line around the library and it was like 8.15 and I thought, okay, people are lined up to get these. And there was a big demand for test kits. So demand for at-home test kits has been much higher than the supply. And that's true across the nation. The federal government has begun taking orders online from the public. I actually went to their page and ordered some to see how that works. Each uh, household in the nation can get up to four at-home rapid test kits for free, and they will be delivered to you uh, through the post office. So you can uh, go to special.usps.com slash test kits, and it takes you about uh, a minute or so and you can order your household's free test kits. In addition, again, pharmacies are beginning to restock. So I want the public to know that Frederick County government has been trying to get additional test kits beyond what the state and federal government have supplied. 
and we have been waiting for weeks for our shipments. So our shipments are uh, delayed beyond where we thought they would be. And <clears throat> we keep receiving assurances that the kits will arrive tomorrow, this week, next week, and they don't show up. And this is very reminiscent of our, our uh, efforts to buy PPE earlier in the pandemic. Once we have additional test kits to distribute, we will share details about how people can pick up theirs. We do want to distribute them out to the community as well as to others who um, need them. So in addition to test kits, the health department has been distributing a limited number of our KN95 masks, and certainly we've sent them out within county government to our municipalities, to some of our healthcare partners, and to others that are high risk. Now, KN95s, something I'm wearing right now, are higher quality masks than uh, cloth masks. The CDC has recommended with the Omicron variant that you wear a KN95 or an N95 to prevent the spread of the virus. Now, the health department has provided some of these masks to high-risk congregate facilities, such as nursing homes and group homes as well. Until now, we've not had a large enough to supply to distribute. So again, I wanna announce the big news that we're gonna share. I'm pleased to announce that we'll be distributing KN95 masks to Frederick County residents at no cost beginning tomorrow. So as I speak, pallets of masks, which we received yesterday, are being delivered by our fire and rescue staff to the nine branch library branches in Frederick County. So beginning tomorrow morning when your local library branch opens, so it's within their operating hours, you'll be able to walk into the lobby and pick up a pack of five masks, which look like this. So they came in packages of five, all sealed up, and this is what we will be passing out, one per household. Now there are some areas where local libraries are not open on Fridays, and that's Brunswick, Emmitsburg, Myersville, and Pointer Rocks. So rest assured, there'll be masks waiting there for you on Saturday when those branches are open. So every branch in the county will receive thousands of masks, in some cases 10,000 or more. So anyone who wants to pick up a pack of KN95 masks can do so as long as the supply lasts. And we are trying to limit it to one pack per household. And now in most cases, this KN95 mask can be worn more than once. And I'm gonna ask Dr. Brookmeyer to speak to that a little bit when she uh, talks here in a moment. So, um, as well as she'll provide other updates as well. Um, every week, Dr. Brooke Meyer and actually Dr. Weishauer from the hospital have provided updates to the county's Board of Health. Um, again, we're having this discussion today because the Board of Health is not uh, meeting this evening. So I do want to invite Dr. Brooke Meyer to the microphone to um, share her comments. Thank you, County Executive Gardner. So um, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to uh, address the public since we aren't having the Board of Health meeting tonight. So the transmission level, the slide in front of you, the transmission level throughout the United States continues to be uh, at a very high level. And looking at the specimens that have been examined to determine which variant are they, um, Omicron is now throughout the United States, about 96% of the cases. When we look at the cases in the United States, you'll see that uh, there was a huge spike much higher in the numbers of cases throughout the United States, much higher than any of the prior peaks. And you'll see that it's starting to come down throughout the nation. When you look at Maryland, you'll see that Maryland also had a peak and it is coming down much further. So Maryland's peak began a little bit earlier than the national peak and we are coming down 
um, earlier than the national uh, trend is going down at this point. Likewise, when we look at Frederick County's information, and the county executive had gone through that, but you'll see that our positivity rate and also our case rate, so the numbers of uh, persons who are testing positive per 100,000, we had a, a spike and we are on the downward slope, but you'll see still when we look at the case rate that we are only now, this week, getting to the point where we were at the highest peak prior to this one. So we are not out of the woods yet. We still have a significant number of people who are testing positive each day. Next slide, please. The good news is that when we look at the projections that um, last week, the projections going out two weeks and three weeks out, is that there was going to be a slight increase in the numbers of cases each week. And now that has uh, projection has been modified. Uh, based on uh, this week's data that has come in, and we see that uh, the projection is that the numbers of new cases each week will start to decline. The numbers of deaths by month, uh, so as the county executive had mentioned, so January, we are currently tied for the greatest number of deaths in any one month attributed uh, to COVID, and our month January is not over, and last week we had the week that had the single greatest number of deaths per week. So again, so while many people are talking about Omicron not uh, causing as serious of illness as often as the prior variants, we still have so many people who are testing positive that uh, even a small percent of a big number is still a big number of people who are entering the healthcare system who are, next slide please, oh, well, I have one more, but entering the healthcare system and uh, unfortunately having serious complications uh, and then uh, leading to deaths. Uh, people are interested in the school system. They have their own dashboard. This is what it looks like for there. So the green is the students and the yellow is staff. And you'll see that since they uh, restarted after winter break, you'll see that there's been a steady decline, much like what we're seeing in the rest of the community. And this is people who are testing, uh, students and staff who are testing positive, not necessarily having been uh, any association with transmission in the school. That's not what this is. This is just the numbers of cases from all exposures that those individuals might have had. So looking at the hospital slide, so uh, yes, you'll see that the numbers of persons hospitalized at Frederick Health Hospital that have tested positive for COVID. Again, we had our highest uh, peak recently, but we're still at the point where it has been the highest number throughout uh, uh, the COVID pandemic, you know, the before our current peak, you know, we're just now approaching where we had been with the prior highest peak. It's still a lot of people. And in the intensive care unit, which is the smaller number there. So even if we're down to uh, 10 cases today out of an ICU that has a capacity of 18, 10 of those individuals are uh, positive with COVID. Um, it's uh, still a high number and you'll see that it's been uh, looking at the trend over time, that 10 is still a really high number for persons who are positive and in the ICU. Next slide. I do want to add some uh, new information today. Individuals have been asking about, well, the Evusheld, the treatment that is for prevention of uh, COVID, uh, serious complications. And it is now available this week at Frederick Health Hospital. A doctor's order is required, so you do need to get a referral from your 
healthcare provider who is the one who is aware of your condition that would uh, make you uh, a candidate for this. And it definitely is not a replacement for vaccination. Um, the limited supplies that are available are being uh, prioritized for individuals whose immune systems uh, don't work typically and that their response to a vaccine is anticipated to be uh, less than optimal for their protection. Uh, so a doctor's order is required, so you go through your regular uh, primary care provider, and the medicine is administered as a shot, and it's actually two medicines, and so you get two shots. Next slide, please. Uh, the test kit ordering, the county executive had mentioned that, about the free at-home test kits available uh, from the uh, federal government through the mail. You can order them that way. I do also want to add that in the state of Maryland, insurance companies are required to cover the price of or the cost of persons purchasing a certain number of test kits. So that should be available for everybody whose insurance product is uh, uh, licensed in the state of Maryland. Next slide. We are getting many questions from people about, well, what do I do if I tested positive and I was using an at-home test kit? So you do not need to report the results. However, if you are looking for guidance on what to do about isolation, what resources might be available for you or for other members of your household who need to quarantine, and then also if you need a return to work or school letter, then the way that you can get that following your uh, at-home test kit is to uh, self-report to the state of Maryland's one-stop online system. You will need, need to register for it, and you will need a cell phone in order to register. The system does only accept results, though, that have been, uh, uh, well, performed, you know, from a test that you performed in the prior 10 days. Next slide, please. So regarding uh, the mass, and specifically the KN95 mass, they can be reused. Um, and so here's a slide with some of the do's and don'ts. So um, the packs of five are, are helpful in that you can rotate out. So just like we, uh, people who take care of leather shoes say that you should let your shoes air out, uh, it ends up being a very similar uh, uh, situation with masks is that if you can let them uh, air out and dry out between uses, that's helpful. If you put them in a paper bag, that can help keep them uh, clean and gives it an opportunity for it to dry out. Plastic bags, however, are not advisable because plastic bags can hold in any moisture content that is uh, coming off of your mass. Uh, so if your mass becomes wet, you know, like say people who are heavily exercising and they're perspiring, uh, or if you've been somewhere where you might have had a high virus exposure and so there might be a lot of contamination on the outside, which then uh, some of the virus could have weaved its way through uh, 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 the inside weave pattern, uh, then we would recommend that you would uh, change your mask then. And then also if it's dirty, damaged, difficult to breathe through, those are also indications that you would want to uh, discard your mask at that point. And we ask that everybody shows the love. Let's help keep our community uh, healthy and help to reduce the rate of spread in our community so that the healthcare system can keep up and provide the standard of care that we would all want 
uh, in the case that we, um, our family, friends, uh, neighbors would need to receive care in the hospital, we want them to be able to provide the standard of care that we would have wanted and have received prior to the pandemic. So please show your love and try to reduce the risk of spread and the rate of spread by all those protective measures that the county executive have already mentioned. Thank you. Um, can you uh, speak for a moment about the use of rapid tests and what you would use them for at home? Ah, uh, yeah, so. Just a little bit. Yeah, so regarding the rapid tests and what use cases are they good for? So rapid tests uh, can be helpful for situations where somebody has symptoms and if you have symptoms and you take a rapid test and the test result is positive, those rapid tests are pretty good at, um, at uh, pretty good when your result is positive, they're pretty good at detecting true positives. And especially with the high community transmission that if you uh, use a rapid test, the result is positive, I would assume that that you are truly positive and you do not need to go get some additional test. If you have symptoms and the test is negative, the rapid test is negative, well, um, it could be a true negative, it could be a false negative, it could be due to one, if, you, if the sample was from your nose and you just cleaned out your nose, maybe removed some of the virus particle and that's why it wasn't detected. It could be the collection technique, it could be the processing technique because you have to put a certain number of drops on, wait a certain number of time. It could be that um, the time period, what we call the incubation period, from the time of exposure to the time that you become infected and then you develop symptoms, um, it could be that you're testing and you're testing at a time period where there is virus present, but it just isn't present in a high enough amount for this test to actually detect it. So what that means is if you have symptoms and your result is negative, um, most of, now I haven't seen every at-home test kit that's available, but the ones that I have read, they all say, so if you test negative, uh, that they recommend that you repeat the test in 24 to 36 hours is the typical time frame. Uh, and then if the test is negative, well, I'd probably still say, consult your healthcare provider. But at that point, if your test is negative and, and it was a good specimen collection and processed properly, you know, then it probably is more likely to be a true negative. Um, so that's the situation if you have symptoms. If you don't have symptoms, and you use an at-home test and the test result is positive, then just like those who have symptoms, uh, we would approach that and say that you are likely that is a true positive given the community transmission. And these tests have a relatively high specificity, uh, the at-home tests. If you test negative, then everything that I said um, about persons who have symptoms and who test negative, uh, the same recommendation is there where uh, if you get a negative result, if you think you've had a, an exposure, and especially if you've had household exposures, that um, uh, we'd advise that you get a second test 24 to 36 hours later. If you know that you've had a high risk exposure, even in the situation of you not having symptoms. Now, then that uh, then uh, trying to have that sync up with the CDC's uh, revised uh, 
guidance for isolation and quarantine. Um, uh, so even people who don't have symptoms, they can still be infected and still potentially transmit it to others. So that's why the more protective approach is to actually use the tests. And I'm glad that more of the at-home tests are available in the community, and as well as the PCR tests. So it's a different type of test that is testing for uh, the genetic material. And those PCR tests are available through the hospital, through the health department, and at other locations. And as the county executive had mentioned, there are no lines uh, basically anymore at the uh, hospital's testing location and the health department's testing location on Hillcrest. And uh, we are all open seven days a week. So that, that PCR test that is offered by the health department and the hospital is still considered to be the gold standard or the test that has the greatest specificity and sensitivity. So the most likely to have uh, true positives and most likely to have true negatives. Um, but still, the at-home tests are uh, very helpful, though, in a variety of situations. So people who have symptoms, people who've had exposures, but the interpretation of those results and what you do after that requires a little more work compared to if you have one of those uh, PCR tests. So thank you. All right. Thank you, Dr. Brookmeyer. We appreciate that update. I will say I do regularly use the uh, rapid at-home tests myself because I have elderly parents over 90, and when I go to see them, I do a rapid test three days in a row just to make sure that even though I'm asymptomatic, don't have any symptoms, that I want to make sure I don't take something to them. And I think that's just a way we can protect vulnerable members of our family, whether they're older or whether they're... Um, younger and can't be vaccinated or they're immunocompromised. So I think we can all just do these things. And now that you can get a test, you can do that. So I want to thank you and your staff for all that you've done, Dr. Brookmeyer. I also want to thank James Kelly, all of the staff at our Frederick County Public Libraries. They have just been awesome to support whatever's needed to be done throughout this pandemic. Um, so they've gone from distributing books and CDs to distributing test kits and now we've added masks to the mix and they've certainly been incredibly helpful at our vaccination clinics and always positive always uh, doing a great job so um, if you if you have any questions about the KN95 masks we've set up a page on the county's website with information as well as answers to frequently asked questions and you can find it at www.frederickcountymd.gov masks so you can search our webpage for this kind of information as well so to recap, beginning tomorrow morning, KN95 masks and packs of five can be picked up inside the lobbies of Frederick County Public Library branches during regular hours of operation. Every household can receive a five pack of masks and they can be reused as noted by Dr. Brookmeyer, but once they are used for a while, they should probably be replaced. And again, you can buy these masks in other places besides uh, our distribution. So stay alert for uh, future information about distribution of at-home test kits. And um, I would really encourage everybody to stay safe, stay well, stay warm, and be kind. I know we're at a time right now where there's just a lot of frustration out there in our community uh, because there's been so much uncertainty over the past two years and we've had uh, completely dynamic changing situations. Um, so I, I appreciate that stress that's out there. So I really just ask people to be kind 
You know, we uh, still live in a wonderful place. Uh, we're still very fortunate in many ways. And so um, just do your part to, um, and do your best. So with that, I want to thank you for joining us today. And um, again, stay warm. It's cold out there. It's going to get colder this weekend. With that, we're adjourned.